Welcome to Open All Hours, the QPR podcast. Most unusual podcast this week. I think, Finney, am I right in saying this is the first time we've ever recorded on a Saturday? Yes, it totally is. And everything about this season has been unique in so many ways. <laughs> well, exactly. So, I, I, I mean, just on the off chance that somebody has been living under a rock, we're in interesting times in that it's a Saturday. There's no game. Um, and there's no game for reasons that people will be familiar with, which is, of course, the coronavirus. But as a consequence, we thought we would break the glass for emergency and do a quick podcast. We are on Skype today, not necessarily for reasons of um, self-isolation, more for practical reasons. But with me, so I'm David. With me, you can hear there, is Paul Finney. Hello. And we all should also have Clive on the line. Hello, guys. You're right. Very good. Thanks for joining us. And finally, we should also have Flo. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. And so we will do our best not to be annoying and not to have that kind of conference call moment of, uh, 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 whilst we try and make sense of it. Um, we usually have a beer sponsor for the podcast, but for today and maybe for the next few, we've got an antibacterial wipe sponsor. What about coffee? Coffee. Saturday morning, do a coffee sponsor. Well, my first question in a minute was going to be what everyone's doing, but we've got coffee. The coffee and antibacterial wipes are sponsored by Chris Wallace. Thank you, Chris, who says, here's to many more podcasts reporting on our gradual return to building a strong supporter community and increasing enjoyable football. Come on, you ours. And if not too much trouble, a shout out to my daughters, Fran and Esther, and to fellow supporters, Sam, George and Simon. Thank you. Thank you very much, Chris. Thanks for sponsoring the podcast. Anyone else uh, that wants to hear our old episodes, sponsor us, go to the website, qprpod.co.uk. Follow us on Twitter, at qprpod. David. Right. This is weird. Yes, David. Paul. David, is this the first time we've had the sponsored by an antibacterial wipe for the podcast? It, it, it is. And I'm not sure Chris even knows that he sponsored the antibacterial wipes, but I think ah. in these times, I think he thought he was sponsoring the beers. But I'm going to go around and ask you what you're now doing. I don't have a beer in front of me. I have a cup of tea in front of me. That seems like a good point to start. We are recording this just before midday on Saturday. What is everyone doing? Clive, what are you doing? Because you are normally in a, 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 a public house, am I not wrong, by this time on a Saturday? Yeah, missing my, missing my Saturday in the crown. I'm, uh, I'm hoping the crown's still going to be there when we get back from all of this because, uh, you know, like so much, it depends on... Uh, Depends on its QPR trade. But, uh, yeah, there's uh, about a third of a bottle of red wine in front of me from last night's dinner, so I'm giving that some consideration at the moment while listening to Finney. <laughs> Finney, what are you filling your Saturday with today? Well, I've been to work. Um, I, I put a job in, one of the very few jobs that hasn't cancelled. <laughs> God help us. And I've done that, and I'm recovering with a hangover. <laughs> and Flo? I'm drinking some coffee out of my QPR 90s Legends mug. Um, I've just played basketball, and it's a rare Saturday and weekend off for me, so I'm actually trying to hang out 
with my boyfriend, which I think he's quite shocked about because he never sees me on the weekend. So um, we actually have to be in each other's company and presence. It's a strange one. (laughs) We've all got to see family now, but I'm glad with the basketball that sport continues. Sport continues in in London. Um, I don't really know where to start, but why don't I start by saying what does everybody make of what has happened in the last 24 hours? Clive... You, you you quite often have the best take on all these things. So before you start on the red wine, give <laughs> give <laughs> too it late. Your... too late. Um, what can, I'm amazed it took as long as it did. To be perfectly honest, I said you know the idea that we were all going to go to the football today, that and that sort of persisted right up until yesterday morning. I just thought was bizarre. Um, and then they talk about sort of moving games behind closed doors, but then that sort of treats football as like they're superhuman, like they're not going to also be struck down with this illness, which obviously by Thursday night was proven not to be the case. So, you know, a suspension, I just, I'm amazed it took them as long as, as long as it did really. And the question now is how and how and when it will restart. And I guess sort of plan A, which they're hoping for is that we can just come back sort of Easter time after the international break, you know, just go down the Winchester, have a pint and wait for this all to blow over kind of thing. Plan B, I suppose, is if the Euros can be shifted from this summer to next summer, we could finish our season during the summer months, but then that's got complications. You know, all the players come out of contract on June 30th. So you would think that would be a hard and fast deadline. Or plan C seems to be just to abandon the season altogether, which, you know, it's a that's a plan with some chest hair. And uh, I'm all in favour of that because it would uh, it would shaft Leeds, wouldn't it? And uh, I've, I've passed quite a lot of time this week just following Leeds and accounts on, yeah. on Twitter. It's a great way to, to pass the time. But the suggestions this morning about, you know, stopping the season and starting next year with a 22-team Premier League, you know, just promote West Brom and Leeds and things like that. If I, I mean, if that happened and I was Brentford, I'd be getting a very good lawyer on onto that. I just, I don't see, I don't see how how that works really. Um, but I, I mean, we're in unprecedented times, aren't we? So I, I'm not sure how any of it's going to work, to be honest. Flo, you're a football journalist. I don't know how much you had, haven't heard, do, don't know, but. The thing that strikes me about this is unusually football did something they didn't have to do necessarily. There was no government pressure to end the league. Um, in fact, it was the opposite 24 hours before they did. And football has a reputation or administrators in football have a reputation for only caring about the money. So, so it was sort of a semi voluntary action why why do you think it happened like it did and have you heard anything about how the decision was made well Clive sort of touched on it they only did it because they had to because when it started affecting the coaches and the players that's when they realized they had to pull the plug because it's all well and good opting to go for the behind closed doors scenario but you can't do that if the players themselves are, are gonna get ill and obviously there won't be enough you know imagine if Boris had if Boris's whole squad had of tested positive there wouldn't be any games anyway so I think that's what really forced them to do it and it was the right call in the end and 
I think all the all the evidence that lots of people have talked about and why they were waiting so long is because scientists were saying, oh well, you know, in in open air, actually, in big in big crowds, it's it's actually not too bad to gather. Um, it's more in those confined spaces. Yes, if someone next to you uh, had it, you might get a bit. In terms of being in a ground with ten thousand other people, it's not too bad. Now, obviously, if the players get it, there won't be any football anyway. So that's what forced them to do it. I think the issue now is it's going to be UEFA who really have the power. I don't know why they, they're waiting until Tuesday to have their meeting. It seems a bit irresponsible, but UEFA now... It's only a conference to... call, isn't it? Well, exactly. I mean, we're, we we decided to have ours on Saturday, so bloody hell. Um, <laughs> but they, they have so much power and they really need to get moving on decisions because we've also got players' contracts to think about. There's already a women's Euro scheduled for next summer, so uh, if they were to to move that a year back, then we've got the Qatar World Cup as well to worry about. So there's just so much, so much to think about. I mean, I don't know if I would rather the league just be ended now or uh, suspended um, with the expectation to probably start in June. It's not going to start in April, let's be honest. The the right. evidence has be- said that this whole situation is going to peak in 10 to 4 14 weeks this suspension is just to buy everyone time i think from all the 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 club chairmen that have spoken since the decision was made i think they were pretty pissed off that the premier league and efl waited until friday anyway they all really wanted an, a decision to be made a bit earlier and uh, obviously it affects a lot of their finances um, when cash flow isn't uh, that good for a lot of clubs this is a real sticky situation and i think there are plans afoot to find some funds to support clubs um We'll obviously chat to Lee about how this will affect QPR, but obviously there's some there's some other clubs who are going to be in a really, really, really tight situation. So not having a couple of games can really affect things going forward. Um, one of the characteristics of doing a Skype podcast is that Finney keeps quiet for long periods. So um, Perhaps we should look at doing them more often. But, Paul, give us um, – haven't heard from you for a bit. What What do you think about what's gone on? That's a tad unnecessary. <laughs> yeah, um, that. That's, that's going to be my word for today, unnecessary sarcasm. Um, do you know what? I think it's – it's. I, I guess the bigger picture is people's jobs and livelihoods. That's, that's going to be the thing that really – I mean, people like Flo and freelancers are taking a real hit and it's going to be really difficult, so – uh, you know, the bigger picture is that it's going to really have a really horrible effect on work and finances and people's lives. So I don't know what I think the season's over. I, I can't see them playing it. I can't see the Euros happening. Um, I think Liverpool and Leeds fans are just going to be kept away from bridges, I think, um, because it's, it's just, there's no way they can call it. I mean, you know, promotion relegation, as as Clive sensibly for once said, if, they were, if you were like in the playoff position, you'd be contacting your lawyers so they're just going to call the season off because the players are going to be out of contract um there's going to be no definite time to finish the season because it could all blow up again you know how it's it's the weirdest thing that's ever happened in my lifetime and i've had some strange things happen in my lifetime um but this this is well, the hardest and i can't see how it can be resolved with everyone being happy it's going to piss a lot of people off and it's going to annoy an awful lot of people but to be honest with you it's just an act of god that no one can foresee or sort if you ask me well, clearly, 
none of us, me included, have absolutely, ha I have absolutely no insight or expertise on this whatsoever. And I am getting very tired generally of Karen from accounts type people saying, oh, well, this is exactly <laughs> what's going to happen with this virus and this is what's going to happen. And, and I do agree. And so I say that, that's my caveat before I'm about to say, but surely logically the Euros the euros is absolutely off right because even yeah. if things are right it's it's because of the uniqueness of it being cross-continent you can't have a pandemic surely and then say to football fans why don't you crisscross the continent straight after for five weeks so that has surely got to be off so yep. therefore it could and then if you look at china and they seem to be through this i know there's different circumstances but two three months and they're kind of out on the other side so maybe and then there's 10 games left, which you could do in five weeks. So maybe the season, maybe we will. I'm not sure that the season is completely over. You'd have to renegotiate players' contracts and stuff, and those who aren't playing will want to leave, and you know they'll, they'll go under freedom of movement, and it, it's a whole kind of worms, though. Yeah, that's the um, that's the situation, isn't it? All the contracts end on June the thirtieth, so you've got a kind of hard deadline there that uh, that you're not going to be able to to go beyond. I mean, they they really picked a great year to uh, do the Euros like that, didn't they? Crisscrossing across uh, many different <laughs> nations, but yeah, so yeah, great timing on that one, lads. Um, but yeah, that's that's got to be canned. I mean, I, like David, I'm a I'm a bit sick of you know people that have no business having an opinion on this, having an opinion on this. But generally from what I've read, it seems to be we're, we're 10 to 14 weeks away from, from the peak of this, um, which then if you factor in the June 30th contract deadline and you assume that it, it gets better sort of pretty soon after that peak, you know, you, you're talking about trying to cram about 10, mm. 10 fixtures into about three weeks in June. And I just don't, I don't see how that, that works. Um, and having said that, if I was Brentford, I'd lawyer up if they went through with this 22-team Premier League thing. At the same time, if they do just annul the season and, and say, well, you know, sorry, we're starting again in August as if nothing happened, you know, like the guy on Dallas coming out of the shower. Um, then if Bobby you were, Ewing. <laughs> Bobby Ewing, yeah. If, you were, if, they try, if they go for the Bobby Ewing uh, solution, then if you were Leeds and West Brom, you would lawyer up, wouldn't you? I just, I don't, I, it's a real mess and I don't, I don't see how it's going to be sold. I'd be, I mean, we're going to talk to Lee shortly, aren't we? And that maybe he can, you know, offer an opinion. Cause at the moment I just don't see, it just looks like a catastrophe, whichever way you, you try and solve it. I mean, how could much they, do could, you think, sorry, go on, Paul. Sorry. I mean, would, do you think there is a, a scenario where they could actually do a computerization of it? Or would that, is that no, no. Okay. What, what play it out on, play it out what, on FIFA. Football manager. No, no, but you know, like they do the, the, the predictor type thing, and just um, listen. I'm I want like thinking... a Duckworth Lewis type thing, like they do in cricket. Like if it gets rained off, they yeah, have a mob that they... predicts how they would win it. Pools panel. The pools panel could really come into its own here. And if Leeds lose out, that'd be even more hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, the, listen. The I, think, only... I think the season. I think Lee would be better informed than I am. I am, but I, I can't see the season starting again because the players are going to have to pick up the fitness and contracts and it's, the season's over as far as I'm concerned but how they resolve it good luck to them I we, think we, also we we'll have to sort, I think they'll be um, they'll be looking at what Syria decide because obviously the situation it seems like mm. the situation here from obviously like Clive said none of us are experts in this area but it seems like 
we're heading to a similar scenario that Italy are facing and Italy moved quite quickly to put games behind closed doors, then moved to suspend it until pretty much, I think the same day that the EFL, uh, FA and, and Premier League have done. So I think we'll be looking to see what they do and looking at UEFA's decision and just have to go by that because we can't expect our, ourselves to be in some kind of unique uh, predicament where we can just, you know, kickstart things pretty quickly. I think if Syria is is cancelled officially and, you know, the NBA's put 30 days on their suspension, but if these other international leagues decide to call it quits entirely, then we have to do the same thing, really, because... It's like the football calendar is so jammed already that in reality, actually cancelling the season night altogether would be the best thing to do because it wouldn't cause a massive knock-on effect. Delaying things causes a much bigger knock-on effect than just cancelling it altogether. But in terms of then, you know, litigation and things with clubs, um, I think the related story is that Liverpool would win it, but potentially with an asterisk and that 22, that 22 league. Um, but obviously, yeah, there probably would be some litigation from the team who missed out. Um, and well, I think, I think you know, Karen Brady's now said that she thinks, obviously, that the season should be cancelled and that would allow West Ham to stay in the Premier League. <laughs> Which can you imagine? Is, yeah. Can you imagine if this all does end up with Leeds not going up? I mean, never mind coronavirus. I think I'll die laughing if that happens. Leeds not going up and Liverpool not winning the league would be a great <laughs> result, in my opinion. I can. Mm. I think Liverpool, and you can correct me. I think Liverpool will be the only one, only club out of the ninety-one or ninety-two, if you were to include Bury, and that's a whole different story. Whether they would have a right to come back next year. I think Liverpool are the only club who would genuinely, emphatically, almost mathematically have been robbed if the season is voided. I can't think of anyone else that of anything else that is absolutely so sure to have happened. Isn't it? It's very QPR for it to happen just as we're, you know, top of the form table and starting to talk about a playoff push. I mean, we're really not allowed to have nice things, are we? Just, you know, <laughs> six game on beat and run. No, you can't have that. I, guess. Um, I think, I think, I think we, Liverpool... Sorry, Clive's right. I think we were we were a nice little run, and, and Liverpool would be. But then, to be honest with you, they can win about a few years. This is probably the best thing that can happen to Liverpool. They can go on about a few <laughs> <different> donkeys. <laughs> True. I don't, as uh, Flo alluded to, we're going to Lee Hoos in a second, who's who's going to join us and explain what's happening. I do, and we will ask him about the financial situation because I think that is that is. That could be meltdown for so many. Mm. And it's all very well saying that, oh, well, the Premier League is rich. But the Premier League has suppliers that pay money to it for a product and it's not going to be giving them that product. So will their TV monies dry up? Will people, should people still be paying for their Sky subscriptions? That Premier League money could be hit just as much as kind of in the championship uh, uh, and have a knock-on effect just as much as all the revenue in football could be here. So I think it's uh, it's 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 going to be a very tetchy time for everyone, and I'm kind of glad that we seem to have a club that is not on like a very comfortable financial footing, but definitely much more comfortable than it was, because I think it could get worse before it gets better for everyone. Sorry, Flo. Was that flow? No, no um, sorry. All, right. uh, all good. Um, no, I was just going to say, I think 
with season tickets, it's looking unlikely that any clubs are going to refund them until they know what the situation is. But for immediate tickets, uh, so if you just bought one-off ones, then I think there is an expectation that they might refund those, but you won't have much luck um, with the season tickets for the moment. I think if the if the season is completely cancelled, then then the refunds will go through. But I think we won't really have an idea about that for, for at least another week. There's an emergency Premier League meeting on Thursday following the UEFA meeting on Tuesday. And I, I think we'll just have to be guided by the bigger federations um, who hopefully will make the decision for everyone else. But they don't have the best reputation when it comes to decision-making, some of these bodies. You reckon? I mean, the worst thing is, Flo, the way I see it is, well, do I really want my refund of my season ticket if someone could potentially lose their job? Because, you know, that's that's what we're looking at. I'd rather just forget about the season ticket refund and people keep their jobs at QPR, you know? It's, it's, a, it's a real tricky one. I mean, there's not even... Well, the good thing is, I guess, the good thing, the small good thing, is we are towards the latter stages of the season. I mean, you know, imagine if this had happened in October. There's not that many games left, which means if, there, if refunds are issued... It's only a small chunk that's of games that are remaining, but obviously it's still a fair bit of money for a lot of clubs who don't necessarily have it. No. Um, well, let's let's go to somebody who we hope knows a fair bit more than than us about this. So um, we are due to catch up now with Lee Hughes, who is chief executive at QPR. Lee, thank you for joining us. Um, we've all talked about what we're doing today. What are you doing today? Oh, it's good. I, I tried. I, I did my best to move things around and squeeze you guys in. Um, <laughs> no, just working on a couple of things, budgets for next year, emails. Um, yeah, yeah. Just and and uh, uh, maybe what the hell can we do going forward <laughs> the next couple of weeks? Good. So you're you're avoiding talking to family as well. That's good to hear. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, I, there's a new phrase in the house now. You know, I used to be told, you know, it would be like, oh, we off and now it's like, go self-isolate. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. I, people would tell me that for years. <laughs> yeah. Lee, take us through what has what's take us through the last forty-eight hours in the life of QPR and the chief executive of QPR. Yeah, I think it's one of those weeks you um, impossible to, that you have never planned for, and impossible to plan for. Um, you know, as of as of Thursday night, it's like okay, everything's clear, ready to go. We're going to be playing on Saturday, and then suddenly Friday morning, it's uh, where well, we're going to meet to discuss it. Um, you know, I, th- I think um, you know, the government was was trying to do the right things, do the best advice. But I think when when so many players started to get it, and you know, Michael, I think Mikel Arteta was probably the, the tipping point where we said, hang on a minute, this this could this could spread quite quickly in, in the player community as well. And there definitely will be no, no, no games going forward for quite a while. Um, so I think we got there in the end. I just wish we got there a little bit sooner, but I understand why we didn't. And when, so as you say, it all happened pretty quickly. Um, and, and the one thing that struck me was that it was, it was a decision the game took themselves because the government advice was to carry on as normal what was the club's what was QPR's position as it, as it progressed through the week uh, through the week my, my position was first of all I'm, I'm not a scientist and I, and I don't know and there was you know, probably a week ago there was an argument about 
well, you know, it's, it's vulnerable people who are most at risk. You know, other people shouldn't be at risk. It's just a bit like a flu and everything else. But I think as things advanced and, and a number of cases really took off, um, I think people said shifted shifted gears and thought, now this could become a genuine real health risk to to a lot of people. And how do we? What's the best way to protect the people that are vulnerable vulnerable from this? Um, the one thing we were we were going to do um, was was um, coming into the game was was um, we we're going to make an announcement on Friday afternoon that look, if you're over seventy and you don't want to come to a game, you've purchased a season ticket. We'll you know we'll we'll put your your, your season ticket on hold for as long as this takes, and we'll refund you for you know whatever the difference is in, in your season ticket on a pro rider basis because I didn't want people coming to the stadium and putting themselves at risk. Um, then obviously Friday morning, everything changed. We never got to that point on Friday afternoon. Uh, if nothing else, this is probably highlighted to me also, you know, that we, um, it, it's one thing to come in and, and cut costs and try and run a tight ship, but just how thin on the ground we really are. Because, you know, I had to say, um, um, one of our staff developed symptoms on Thursday night. Which, which we found out, which he called in on Friday morning. So the people that sit immediately around him, I, I had to send home. And one of those people, everybody went, bloody hell, I'm not sure how we covered his position during the match day. Um, but then obviously that didn't, that didn't happen um, with, um, with the match going ahead anyway. But it does highlight something. And one of the things I, I will be working on now is cross-training um, people from different departments to do jobs in other departments. Mm. So where, what, 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 and what's the situation at the club and at the club's premises now? Is the stadium, the bits of the stadium that are open, open? Is the training ground open? No, it it, it can be open. We're, we're encouraging people to um, to stay away right now. You know, working from home is is what we do, and this and this is absolutely essential business um, to have. Uh, you know, don't come to the stadium is, is what we're telling people. So, you know, we'll have a presence there from, from an operational and security standpoint, but I, I really don't want people coming into work. I especially don't want people coming into work who have to take public transport, um, you know, because I think, I think that's, that's, that's part of this, this whole delay tactic is trying to, to keep people away from, 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 you know, exposing them to areas where they might get contaminated and spread it on. And what is your view on what should happen with the season from here i've heard a lot of things um batted around but part of the problem is you don't know when you're going to start again so, and, and that's the key question it's like well when, when you can start has has a bearing on how you go forward I, my personal view is i i'll be shocked if we're actually ready to play on the third of april which would then mean what then we get into territory of do, is the season delayed or is it voided? And of course, then there's the end of contracts, as we've talked about before you came on the podcast there yeah. at the end of 30th of June. Is this going any other way than the season being voided well, and cancelled? Well, thinking about, I mean, we we there's not been a consultation because things happen so quickly on on Friday. You know, you know, there's been no emergency meeting of the divisional clubs or anything like that. It's it's been the the, um, the board of the EFL who, who's who's made the decision in conjunction with the FA and the um and the Premier League. But you know, when 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 I do chip in my two pen and forth, one it depends on when we start again. If we can start by say, you know, April the 10th or the 13th or something like that, then I think you know there's there's, there's two things that need to happen. One, UEFA really needs to delay the Euros um, to, for for 12 months, which I think they're making a decision on that next week, um, which will allow us to extend the, the the season. Two, we're actually prohibited from playing on midweek games when there's a um, UEFA a Champions League or a, or a um, UEFA league fixture 
we need mm. to get rid of that so we can so we can have more more midweek games. Then we actually have a shot of of, um, of actually finishing the regular season by the end of May. The playoffs will have to be delayed till till June sometime. Contracts, you're right. Contracts expire 30th of June, so so that, that still allows you to get get into the to the season and finish it up. But then the question becomes, right? If you delay the Euros by 12 months, we started we we're finishing the season. Or we're supposed to finish the season earlier this year. What happens next year in terms of that running into the Euro, the back end of the, or the start of the Euros for the for the following season? So it is a complex mm-hmm. issue, and a lot of issues that need to be dealt with. Um. Finances, Lee. So there's two two parts of this question. I'm sure the other guys will, will chip in at some point. First of all, what's the position, if there is one yet, on fans and season tickets and refunds and those kinds of issues? And then the other part of that is how could this impact on the club's finances and all the work that you and your colleagues have done in that regard? Well, the first, you know, the first part of that question in regards to the fans. Um, if it's a match day ticket, it's just our, our normal um, refund policy. You know, if, if somebody wants to go and get a, um, a refund, then that's that's what we're, we're going to be doing. Obviously, the only thing I have, we have put out is it won't be this in, in the next seven days because I'm trying to keep people away from the stadium right now. So, and I don't want um, I don't want our ticket office processing things remotely from working from home because it presents all kinds of GDPR problems. But that that is something that if somebody wants a refund, fine. If they just want to hold on and see when the rearranged fixture is, that's fine too. It's you know you know we'll work with them. In terms of the, the season ticket holders, I don't know yet because I you know clearly if 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 we haven't done if we don't if we don't play the fixtures, then then quite clearly we we have to um to, to sort the, the season ticket holders out on a, on a pro rata basis. On the other hand, if we if we do do it, it all depends on when the season starts again. So so until I know when that is. Um, it's a difficult one to answer. And so, the, and then the other half of that was, what about the financial position of the club? Because presumably, not playing for a month is is would hit any club significantly. Well, other than the fact that um, uh, most of our costs, which is player costs, are, are fixed and, and predetermined and go out, and the fact that we have absolutely zero income coming in, we're in great shape. <laughs> So yeah, economically it's, it's a huge hit, absolutely massive. How how much that you know that you know as, as things accumulate, how much that'll be, I have no idea. Until we know where we are, until we know when this thing finally you know burns itself out and we're able to get back to some semblance of normality, it's you just don't know. Would you anticipate, Lee, the um, the EFL maybe relaxing some of the uh, the financial rules moving forward? Because, like you say, clubs, are, you've thought you were going to have a month or two months worth of income coming in that now isn't there. If that if that does put clubs in breach of the rules, would you? And I mean, the EFL aren't known for their common sense I, approach, but no. Well, I think you have to. But but what, under the new rules. Um, at least it does go to an independent tribunal um, who has a chance to address the, the mitigating circumstances and, and, and whether it's proportionate or not. And I think any tribunal, if it did get that far, would have to take that into consideration. But you're right, the easiest way to do it would be, well, look, we, got, we, we understand there has to be some kind of um, exceptional, uh, you know, list, list additional exceptional items because of, of the, um, the coronavirus. So, so I think that would make absolute sense. But that's, um, that's obviously not been discussed yet. Lee, do, do you think there's a real chance of agents um, doing the right thing as well and maybe extending the, the contracts later on? Is, is that something they can do as well? Or um, Because what you don't want to end up is doing like a playing Saturday, Tuesday, 
Thursday type thing. Do you know what I mean? So could could get all the agents around the table that represent the players and, and just come to a common sense agreement. What, what do you mean in terms of the contracts, though? Well, because if we if we if if because this isn't going to. I can't see this ending, to be honest with you, but for another couple of months. So I'm just thinking, if we do have to extend the season, could they, could we sort something out temporarily with players and agents that we could just get the season finished and then sort contracts out after that? Or what, do you think it will be? Um... Well, well, but actually, in some ways, sorting out contracts is um, not necessarily the, the, the season doesn't have to finish in order to do that. Um, we, we, can, we can still carry on. Obviously, we are, we are negotiating with a, with, a, with a couple of players right now in terms of trying to get the um, deals done. So in that respect, it doesn't uh, affect us. Um, anybody who's really would only affect somebody whose contract is ending on the 30th of June this year. And that's that's not a whole heck of a lot right now um, of, of, of players that we have. Um, so so I, I think that we, we'd, um, we should be all right on that one. Okay. Interesting. Lee, like um, like lots of people, um, you know, a lot of my a lot of my income depends on uh, football going ahead, and I know some clubs have already made a call about paying match day staff uh, for the games that aren't going to be played, and that's obviously easier when you're a club like Brighton and you've got Premier League broadcast rights uh, coming in. But have you have you guys made a call on um, you know security and and uh, hospitality staff and the like? Um, most of that is outsourced. I don't know what the um, what the company is actually going to going to decide. I know things like um, I know our community trust. Um, we've had a chat with Andy on on Friday about looking at what about match day sessional um, people um, people get paid on a sessional basis for the trust, and that's something we're, we're looking to do. But in terms of the, um, the the actual staff at the stadium who work on a match match day basis, there's actually very few employed by the clubs. Most of them are agency staff. So that would have to be a discussion with the with the relevant agencies. On those uh, on that broadcast uh, that broadcast money that Flo mentioned, there is the if the, if there is no football for for Sky to show for a prolonged period of time, is there a fear that you, that money may also be affected because they're not going to want to pay for a competition that's not taking place, presumably? Oh man, that's a gold medal question. I haven't even thought of that. <laughs> I, I, You've I, just I, ruined yeah. this day, Clive. Um, <laughs> To, um, it would all depend on what, what the force majeure clause is in the, in the contract between the league and, and Sky, I suppose. Um, I would think this would be covered by a, by force majeure, but you know, some, sometimes you know, these, the way these things are drafted leaves a, a lot to be argued. Well, Sean Harvey drew that contract up, didn't he? So I'm sure it's going to be fine. Well, 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 <laughs> well I don't think. <laughs> I hope Sean didn't do it personally. I'm, I'm <laughs> presuming that we had some some good lawyers on the case. <laughs> I mean, I mean, to be, to be fairly, I mean, how 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 can they sort this season out really and truly with the championship? I mean, it's just going to be null and void, isn't it? I mean, there's no other I, way of well, doing it. I don't know. My, my wife was saying, well, if if you can't get fans back in, because I understand why you do it, but would you do something where you you did have um, a behind closed doors, you did it on like a pay per view, so at least people could could play and you could at least watch a game on, on you know on streaming or on TV or mm. something. And I thought that's not a bad shout actually. At least you get the season out of the way because if you if you're somebody like Leeds United, you must be thinking, oh no, I can't believe it. I've worked all these years at the top of the table. I'm the form team, and now bang, you know what's going to happen? That would that would be a reason. On the other hand, if, if you're Nor- if you're Norwich, you're going, oh yeah, you just want the season, no promotion, no relegations. Or if you leads, you're saying, no, 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 let's stop the season right now. And it is what it is. And everybody just goes up or down. 
Yeah, we thought the Leeds thing was uh, was funny as well. Um, <laughs> if, I mean, if you were, if we were, you know, if we, if you were the the team that was second or third in the in the league, and uh, they decided to to make it null and void this year, you would. I mean, hypothetically, you would you would go down a legal route to stop. Yeah, that. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And then you've got you know, teams like us who aren't um, who, who wouldn't have a legal case, but you think bloody hell, us and Leeds are actually the, the, the form teams right now. Um, and I was, I was actually enjoying watching the football too. So it's like you know, it's really really frustrating. Yeah, we're not allowed nice things. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it is the strangest thing in, in, in memory of sports, surely ever, isn't it? I mean, there's no president, there's no guidebook. It's just going to be completely insane. And these meetings you'll be going to are going to be really intense and at the same time probably hilarious. You're absolutely right, but it, but I think when you talk about the the, um, the novel part of this, is like you're right. It is in such uncharted territory. You know, you know, the fact that you've worked in, in 20 years of football has gone, shit, I thought I'd seen it all, but I obviously haven't. You know, here's a, here's a brand new one for me. The other thing I think it's, it's easy to forget is it's not just football, though, is it? I mean, this is, this for me is um, another conversation with the, gosh, too many conversations with the wife today. Um, <laughs> we're talking about, um, you know, how, how this works. I thought, you know, if nothing else, this just shows that, People are people, and we're all vulnerable to the same things. Mm. So, so, so it's like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, that's absolutely quite true. And then, you know, when you see the stuff like, um, like, 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 like the racist stuff that's happened, you know, in, in the past um, couple of months, which seems seem to 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 have reared its ugly head again, you think this is where it really goes to show people how you know we we all have the same vulnerabilities. We all need to work together. And it's just silly some of the stuff that we come up with to try and really denigrate each other. So basically, what I'm saying, Lee, at the football league management meetings with all the CEOs, is a Leeds person having a meltdown, and you stand up and saying, "Let's just all love each other." There's worse <laughs> things that happen, and you're not going up. So we'll see you again next season, lads, and have a great time. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. The voice of reason. Lee, do you know? Obviously, oh. over the last couple of months and seasons, there's been cases of clubs you know completely going under and disappearing out of the football league and we know there's not always contingency for this but would you imagine that the EFL or the FA might look to build some sort of emergency fund for clubs that are really going to struggle without a few match days I, I think um, it would be, the EFL would be in no position to do that because effectively the money is just they just Act as a conduit. The money, you know, comes through them, something like broadcasting and things like that, and then just goes straight out to, to the clubs again. Um, the FA, that's a different story. They, they they may have a pot of money that they, they could help out. Um, but you're you're right. You know, it's and it's a huge difference between a club that's just been completely mismanaged and going out of business, where where my sympathy level is not very high, um, especially when it's been over a prolonged period of time, and you think, well, for goodness sakes, it's been that way for years, you, you know, so why should everybody else, you, you, you know, fund that? It's a lot different, though, when something like this has come along and saying, look, there's nothing anybody could have done about this. You know, it, you know people are just a victim of circumstances, so, so we need to help out. Or the government as well. Government's on this package. So on, on, the, on the flip side, though, there could be a case for Barry to be reinstated, surely. Now, Barry is the one that's been... Barry's been on the periphery of, of going out for a number of years. Um, and it's basically... It, it can't support itself. It's, it's the whole problem. So this whole... This whole um, 
rescue culture of, well, we've got to keep going in and rescuing berries. Like, well, look, if it can't stand on its feet, it's obviously not designed to be a professional club. It needs to, to reach its natural level. You know, berry in the community, that's a different story. That's who we should be supporting, not, not berry football club, because it just doesn't have enough fans to support itself. In speaking more generally on that, Lee, how uh, you know we're, we're well aware of the situation that, that we've been in and the, what you've been working towards. How much of our strategy moving forwards and being competitive, which is the, the word we like to, to use, how much of that is dependent on the other clubs being regulated and punished properly, if you, if you get what I mean? Because, I mean, it's, well, it's like Birmingham got let off pretty leniently with something again last week. Well, it got dismissed, didn't it? And I, I, I don't know why. Um, and, and obviously, the football we won't um, haven't disclosed anything because they're still considering whether they appeal it. Um, and I haven't heard whether they're going to do that or not. But I would love to know what exactly was the reasoning behind all that. Just a bit more transparency from them would help in terms of you know why is this happening. Um, it's it, it's a bit like some of the write offs I'm seeing right now. Uh, you know, with the stadium sales and the leasebacks. I'm like, well, why is that allowed? You know, uh, basically, it looks like you've, you've just penalized QPR zoners for being honest. Are we dependent on uh, – well, not dependent, but it is our strategy, you know, we're expecting those clubs to be to be punished, you know, accordingly. Is that is that part of our strategy? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, I don't know if that's, that's – that's not really part of the strategy, but that is certainly part of the expectation. Be a good strategy, though. It's like, all right, everybody else gets a point deduction, and then we get promoted automatically. It doesn't matter how many games we win. That's not that. That would be great, but I think there's too many other people that actually do have a grip on it right now. And, Lee, uh, what – I know it's all very raw, but is it business as usual as far as all the other kind of live issues and projects, the rail seating consultation – the training ground, does everything else just yep. proceed yeah. as it the, was? Well, the rail scene consultation, I may extend because I designed that to try and enter so that if anybody were bringing something for the Fulham game, like a, like a, um, an actual um, form of the paper form they filled out, they could drop it off at Fulham, knowing that that would be a good attendance. That obviously is now falling away, so, I'm, so we may extend that. But, yes, it will continue in terms of as a project, so I think it's a good project. I thought it was a good idea that, for the people that brought it up. Um, in terms of the training ground, yes, absolutely. That absolutely carries on. That's still a central plank. Um, working very closely with Ealing to try to get this legally over the line. Um, you know, I think things are absolutely coming to a head within the next month. Um, so, which, which means probably in June, I'll be I'll be eating my words because something else happened that uh, that, that, that there was a, a spanner in the works. But it, it, at some point, people run out of um, of arguments to make, and I think I think we get to that point right now. Good um, luck. Yeah, thanks. Lee, thank you very much for coming on. My my final question is, what are the players doing now? Are they back in tra- are they back training on Monday? No, they 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 they, they um they trained on Friday. Um the manager's given them a, a few days off, which you would have done anyway with the, with an international break coming off, so if you extend that a little bit. So you might as well use it. I guess I guess probably from a player standpoint. I haven't really talked in depth to the manager about it because because I expect him to manage the players, but there's always been that call for um, a winter break, and it's like, well, you know, use this like you would a winter break, and then 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 we get get cracking again as soon as it's over. Sure, uh, Lee, thank you very much for joining us. Appreciate no, it. My pleasure. And um, yeah, enjoy shopping this afternoon or, or whatever. <laughs> no, I will not be shopping. <laughs> Have a um, great time, whatever you do, Lee. Exactly. <laughs> and if you Thank get you bored, you can always give us a ring. 
Oh, okay, yeah, we'll do, we'll do. Yeah, oh, Kima, watch Sky. Kima, there's nothing to watch on TV. You have to watch a stupid movie right. or something. Thank you very much. Oh, oh well, fun. all right. Hey. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thanks. See you later. Bye bye. Um, okay, uh, Flo has actually had to go. My fault, because what people won't realise is that we have a very big tech delay. So Flo's, Flo's now gone. What do you guys make of that? Really interesting. Really interesting. Yeah, I just uh, it's just in a state of flux, isn't it? They get they they don't know. That was basically the, the nice answer to uh, to a lot of the questions. It's just, I mean, what what can he say? Um, the FFP thing is the interesting thing for me because you know clubs that are close to the limit. You know, if you take away their income for three months and they and they breach because of that, you can't mm. can't then punish a club. But then. QPR's, like as I was saying on the interview, our strategy does seem to be, you know, we're going to be squeaky clean and it, we're kind of dependent on the EFL coming down harder than they have done on other clubs that, that aren't behaving themselves. So how that all comes out in the wash with one, two, three, four months income, whatever it is, you know, going away will be interesting. Do you know what, Clive, you hit the nail on the head though, because it's really something I've, I've, I've watched before and I think, you know, all right, we all know that we what we did and we got punished for it, but blink and hell, everyone else is just getting such an easy ride. It's it's actually quite scary. Well, I see well, the Birmingham thing last week, they they actually having already breached and been docked, you know, the nine points which you know, mm. we, whether you agree with that or not, they've then they've they've committed another offence. You know, so you would think that the previous offence would count against them, but they went to a tribunal last week and basically got a slap on the wrist. So I can understand why Lee's a bit miffed about that and looking for some more, looking for some some reasoning on that. Because what's the point in, you know, other than trying to run a sustainable club, what's the point in us behaving ourselves and, and getting our house in order if the rest of, you know, it's we're hamstringing ourselves if everyone else is just allowed to behave as they wish? Well, uh, Finney, you and I both work in small businesses, and someone. This, of course, is something that is will hit everyone, not just people in football. And, and someone said, so, "Well, someone said yesterday that apparently there's a, a phrase by uh, I think Warren Buffett or someone like that, which is when the tide goes out, you see who's been wearing swimming trunks all along." And I feel like that is going to apply to football and football clubs more than ever. That there appears to be so many badly run clubs that I think in the next two months you're going to find out who who's really badly run and it really it it, it, it could go quite deep I, I I feel like we've been saying for a few weeks actually that we're 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 reasonably well run in the context of course of losing still losing 10 million or whatever it is a year but we're reasonably well run mm. but maybe maybe it will it will benefit us and we will come out of this perhaps a lot stronger than many of the other clubs around yeah I'm, that, not, sure, I'm not sure i'm not sure football will because i think we'll if it is a prolonged thing i think we'll lose clubs um absolutely we'll yeah. and do you know what there's um, so many clubs hanging on by a thread that even the slightest financial thing will i mean it's like david it's like anything i mean i i'll be lying if i i didn't say i'm absolutely cacking myself because we're, we're losing the fence left right and center and we need them and it's it's really scary. So I can imagine a lot of clubs and a lot of jobs will be lost over this. And the, the, it's pretty. I, I just never remember a time like it. It's mad. Wow. Oh. Um, end because uh, yeah, we've all got we've all got things that we don't want to be doing to be getting on with. Uh, <laughs> very shortly. Well, I'm gonna go around to five and, and have have a, have a good have old some of that. 
I've got two. Th- I will have a, a Paul Finney style two point R's end. This, of course, could we may have seen Ibirayeze's last game. Oh, oh no! However, it was a havoc game. Have we? Because if there are going to be these financial repercussions in football, will that? I mean, that's got to affect the transfer market and the summer transfer market, hasn't it? So, mm. with that. Whilst I am kind of half sad in that I think we may well have seen his last ever game, I think you cannot now predict all the chat of he's going to go for 12 million, 15 million. I think you've got to suspend all that stuff because you could, you could, I think it's football is going to be in uncharted financial territory, as we've just said. Well, that's, other, that's not great news, is it? Because we, we, we need that money, as, as we've said many times. Yeah. Scary. Yeah. I hope it's not the last time we see him, though, because, you know what, it's such a joy to watch. I mean, that, that was the one thing that was getting me going to games, is just watching what he was doing in Bright Samuel and Cher, because they're, they're so bloody excited, and we've waited so long for these players to come through. It's just so slow that happens now. Such a QPR thing to happen. That was a hell of a performance to sign off on, though, at Preston. Oh, yeah. And- I know, and I didn't flip and get there because I was working them absolutely gutted. <laughs> um, but my other bit is we don't know what's what's going to happen with the podcast now. We think we're going to carry on doing it. We're not sure whether we're exactly going to be doing it on a Tuesday night or doing it like this. Maybe maybe we'll put it on, we'll try and time it so that it drops instead of games. We'll, we'll talk in the next few days, but let us know. Some people have already. Just let us know on Twitter, on Facebook, messages, emails, what you would like, if we haven't got any football for the next month, what would you like to see in the podcast? I know there's been chats about going over past games and, and, and favourite players and so on, but all feedback welcome. So let us know what you think we should or shouldn't do with the podcast. One person did say, you're not that important, i.e. so don't do anything, and that's equally valid, so just let us know. <laughs> did someone say that? Someone said, you're not as important as you think you are. Which, I didn't think we were very important to begin no, with. Really. To hear that we're even less important than I thought is quite devastating. Oh, yeah, um, come on, we've all had a drink. That's harsh. It's a right. Thing, isn't it? Um, I, think I think we could do, Dave, quickly, is we could bring in international groups and have like this sort of thing with people in all over the world and ask them what their Saturdays would normally be watching QPR and where they would go, perhaps. And I, I they love so. QPR. Um, and we are interrupting each other far less than I thought we would on Skype, so maybe that's a shout. Um, who, who's, who's next? Who's next? Well, I'll go, I'll go and then let let Finney finish because I was speaking. Um, I was speaking to uh, to Dave Thomas, uh, the uh, editor, esteemed editor of uh, a kick up the R's, because I just I had the thought yesterday. I mean, a kick up the R's really does depend on um, on having match days and the, and those match day sales and. You know, it's been around what it must thirty years. Uh, one of the longest running fanzines in the in the country. And to if we were to lose a kick up the arse through this, you know, among all the other stuff, I, I know it's not that important, but I, you know, it would be a it would be a real shame. Um, so just I, I asked Dave. He sent he sent us a lovely uh, email actually, which I'm not going to read the whole thing because we've. Uh, We've been on long enough, but um, I've just asked asked Dave like how he's planning to get through this this lockout, if you if you want to call it that, and how people can help. Um, he said the uh, the three things. I mean, the first is through sponsorship or buying an advert or just simply sponsoring the um, the fanzine. 
the second, he says, and by far the easiest is by just taking out a subscription, um, you know, paying in advance for, for 10 issues whenever they're uh, published or something like that. And the third, he says, is to buy some back issues. The, uh, he says there's plenty available. Uh, each of the nine editions published this season are all there. Uh, they're offering a bundle of all nine for £20, uh, includes postage and packing to a UK address. Um, that's a bargain. Yeah, that's that. So, I mean, if you can sling Dave 20 quid for for, for his nine back issues this, this season, that's a great deal, I think. Uh, further details are available uh, on the Kick Up The Hours website, which is just uh, akuts.com. Um, so yeah, just show uh, show Dave some love and support because uh, he's been doing that a long time. It's a wonderful uh, fanzine. It'd be a shame to lose it over all of this. Well, let's support him, and we won't lose it. But that twenty quid bundle is superb, and we're all going to have to be doing something when we're stuck inside. Um, <laughs> so read, <laughs> read some good QPR content. Finney, what what's your R's end? Well, mine's quite simple. I've just returned from a trip to Iceland, and. If there's any QPR fans listen to this podcast from Iceland and find a pair of swimming shorts and a left-hand glove, could they please get in touch? Because they're currently in a coach doing their own personal tour of Iceland. So Finney's basically got no swimming trunks on, but a glove on his right hand. Not trunks. Let's not make people throw up shorts. Yeah. So on a serious note is, if you are... In a position, or you've got lots of spur things, keep an eye out for each other, keep an eye out for your neighbours, the older people, and everything else, and make sure that everyone's all right because it's absolutely bonkers in Barn at the moment. There's no bog rule, there's no gluten free pasta, which I thought I'd never see. I mean, anyone who's not a celiac who's eating that stuff, shame on you because it's minging. And um, yeah, just look out for each other. Very good. Uh, what are you chaps doing at three o'clock this afternoon? I'm going to pop around the Clives and have a glass of wine with them. It's gone, mate. Yeah, I had, I had it during the, uh, the Lee interview. So, uh, so yeah, you'll have to bring some if you're coming. What, 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 what do we do? Do we go and watch non-league for a couple of weeks? I mean, whew, do anything. I'm, ba- I'm, I'm baking a cake. It's not what I want to be doing, but it's what I am doing. I've got so this, this horrible, is going to be horrible image of you with a bloody apron on. I'm baking a unicorn cake, a unicorn rainbow cake, mate. No one wants to be doing that at three o'clock on a Saturday. The quicker oh, this football comes back, the better. I'll tell you what, week, week, one right. without, um, week one without football. <laughs> this is where we are. Exactly. Chaps, really good to speak to you. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. And uh, yeah, I guess we'll keep everyone posted when we're next back. Finny, you've got to give us a URs to see us out. Come on, URs. UPR. UPR. Rangers are